Coming to you from the Service Autopilot Studios, this is the Profit Roadmap. I am Baird Blissey alongside Cody Owen. Fantastic. We got a fantastic show for you today, guys and gals, everyone out there in Service Autopilot land. Mike Callahan, Certified Advisor of Service Autopilot and owner of Simple Growth and Callahan's Lawn Care and Landscaping is in the house today. I'm excited, Cody. Are you excited? Oh, man, I am so excited. Mike is a blast. Mike is absolutely one of the best, best assets we have as members, uh, as a member of Service Autopilot. Just a fantastic individual and an absolute open book as far as teaching people, helping them learn, and getting everyone as excited about business as he is. And it's, he's going to be introducing some fantastic subjects, including how to embrace some of his best-kept secrets when it comes to technology and social media. It's going to be awesome, and he's going to make everyone more aware and give some great tips on how to make that little thing profits a lot bigger. A lot bigger. Welcome back to the Profit Roadmap. This is Barry Duplessis alongside Cody Owen, and we are accompanied by certified advisor of Service Autopilot, Mike Callahan from Simple Growth and Callahan's Lawn Care and Property Maintenance. Uh, after more than 23 years in the lawn care and snow removal industry, Mike Callahan has created a turnkey automation solution that has revolutionized his business, and he's now teaching other business owners the lessons that he's learned in growing his own company. Mike is a full-time columnist for Lawn and Landscape Magazine, writing Callahan's Corner, and has been a service autopilot client, or what we call members, for over five years. Now as service autopilot certif- now he is a service autopilot advisor. You can check him out as well as our other certified advisors by clicking on the help tab in your service autopilot account and getting in touch with him via email, phone, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and probably telepathy at this point. Mike, welcome aboard. We really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. Uh, let's get things kicked off real quick. Can you talk to us a little bit about your journey as a business owner and what it what kind of we call this uh, the your member story. And I want to talk to you about what inspired you to become an entrepreneur and what made you decide to actually do it versus just thinking about it. Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to thank you guys for uh, having me on. Great to be in here at, on the podcast. Um, I guess uh, probably a similar road as everybody else um, listening to the podcast, whether you're home cleaning or lawn care. Um, obviously, I'm in the lawn care industry and snow removal up in upstate New York. Uh, I started out when I was about 15 or 16 years old pushing a lawnmower around the neighborhood to pay for gas money and hopefully insurance for the car I wanted to buy. Um, so basically really had no intentions of getting the business for myself. Uh, it was a necessity to pay some bills and hopefully get a car on the road and uh, impress the ladies in high school. So um, as it went on, uh, we continued to go and uh, I took the college route. So as I was in college, I had two or three crews out while going to school full time. And uh, after graduating, um, with a business degree out of RIT up in uh, New York, decided that I was making more money than um, I would be with the corporate route. So I decided to take the plunge into full-time entrepreneurship uh, throughout high school. Believe it or not, I actually had a DBA doing business as. uh, Went down to the county clerk. I know each state and town's a little bit different, but uh, was actually a registered business while I was in high school and obviously in college and uh, decided to take the plunge. We incorporated as Callahan's Lawn Care and – it's, it's pretty much the story of how we got going. Um, never really intended, it started out to intentionally to start a business to live off of. Um, and I guess that, that's kind of how it played out. Uh, far as, um, what inspired me, I guess, was the ability to uh, work on my own, make my own hours and, uh, probably 
unlike some other people that um, maybe had gone from another industry or work for corporate um, and not to work for the quote unquote man, um, I had never really experienced that, but um, it, it did come with its hardships. No one, no one as a business owner shows you how to run a business or what's expected. Um, so I found out really quickly that owning own business, being uh, an entrepreneur is a very lonely place and um, quickly sought out people like Service Autopilot and the Roundtable. Um, they've got some different things now. Uh, wish, it were, wish it was around when I was starting a business like the Service Autopilot Academy, um, where you could surround yourself with like like business owners and feel the pains and share your struggles and your success. Um, so things like this podcast, the uh, community essay is built around um, their Service Autopilot Convention, SA4, uh, which is coming up. Um, in November, SA4 next, I'm going to be speaking at talking about automations and some things that, um, are, are new and great in the SA world. But, um, I guess to make the, uh, the answer a little bit shorter is just, um, you never plan on getting into business. Um, but through the school of hard knocks and after my college uh, degree, you know, we, we figured out what worked and didn't work. Um, and there's been some very high and low points of that along the way. Fantastic, Mike. That's uh, that's really something uh, that a lot of our our fellow members can definitely either uh, attest to themselves or uh, aspire to for sure. Uh, but I think everyone's first question on their mind is, "What was the car? Uh, Where your money for?" <laughs> it, it was, uh, I believe, it was a Sunfire. Uh, Sunfire, a Pontiac Sunfire. I don't think they make them anymore, but uh, I think Stephen has one in the parking lot, actually. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually, want to reminisce a little bit later. Back in the day with the uh, the ten inch subs and the uh, amp in the back, thinking uh, that was a cool thing to do. So um, obviously, that's a lot of style now. I've probably dated myself, but um, so be it. Well, I'll go ahead and date you one more time. So you've been around. You've been uh, you've been in business since 1994. Yeah. So over 20 years, uh, 23 years. In fact, I'm going to give you a little bit of hard time. You need to update your website because your website says you've been president for 21 years. So you need to, you uh, need to get on You're aging me, guys. So this is not good. <laughs> now's, the, now's the part of the show where every episode I remind Bear how much younger than him I am. I was born in 1994. Oh, that's oh, fantastic. we got a yes. baby in the room. This yes, is not exactly. good. So, yeah, so now now we can feel all together, Mike. It's perfectly well, We know who's buying dinner tonight now. <laughs> Young guy in the room. So when you were uh, when you were getting started in 1994, I'm assuming it was just kind of like general lawn care and everything. What kind of took you from the process to incorporating lawn care, landscaping, then during fertilization, organic fertilization, and then I guess was snow removal the last kind of chapter in the whole in the whole business deal? Or yeah, snow removal was uh, probably my junior senior in uh, college. Um, being an entrepreneur, I believe it's a sickness that we all have. Uh, we want more and more. Um, we never really celebrate the wins. We get about 10 feet from the finish line and we see the next latest, greatest goal out there. So um, as we started accomplishing these things, we were crushing the lawn care. Then we became pesticide applicators. And then uh, looking at um, the, the hazards of pesticides and healthcare, we thought ethically it was the right thing to try to evolve into more of an organic friendly, at least people give the option. And then I saw these guys, um, my last, one of my last years of college, it was one of the worst winners in upstate New York and Rochester. We live uh, right on Lake Ontario. We had probably 140, 150 inches of snow and a light bulb came on and said, well, I guess there's more money to be earned and I can make this a year round business. And once that happened, I, it gave me the confidence to actually go out and, uh, make the plunge after college because I had year round income. So that kind of filled the gap. Um, Jonathan, I actually just talked about on a Facebook live video we just did. Um, how do you fill that revenue gap for the winter if you're in a state that doesn't have year round service? So that was my answer to be able to make the plunge. I guess with the with the snow removal being filling the kind of income gap for you, was it uh, was it something 
you kind of just answered the question a little bit, but I kind of wanted to deep, dive a little bit deeper into it. Was it was it more about filling that gap to ensure you're taking the plunge, or was it just kind of happenstance that led you to that step? Was it the the sickness or the problem that you were trying to solve? Um, I think it was a little bit uh, both of the sickness and the problem. Um, we needed I needed some way that I could support myself year round, um, and then the sickness was just. Uh, I, I'm never satisfied as an entrepreneur, and I think that's what leads a lot of business owners to success and greatness and also leads them to some hardship and trouble as well. Um, so it needs to be a fine, balanced approach. But uh, I, I really just wanted to grow a company that broke a million dollars and was in the top 1% to 3% of the, con- the country. Um, so that has always been my goal and you know, uh, up, ups and downs along the way. But um, that allowed us to continue to have that North Star to drive towards, and we started adding a team and employees uh, we tried to get individuals to, to align to that goal. We knew where we were going. So we really didn't want to stop until we hit that goal. Now that we've broken the million dollar mark, um, we, we've set our sights a little bit higher, but that, that was the driving force. What was one of the, the biggest hurdles that you had to jump? Um, I, I guess I'm, I'm going to, I'll probably cycle back as it, uh, I don't know if it was a hurdle uh, but it was a hardship that, that caused the the business to actually evolve into what it is today now um, and the other things that I'm doing. And I feel that I, it's my duty and responsibility to give back to the community as well and help them learn from my hardships so they don't um, have the same problems. Uh, so I'll get a little bit personal here if you guys don't mind um, and tell a, tell a quick personal story. So probably 12, 15 years ago, I went through a divorce, a high school sweetheart, and um, – Obviously hitting rock bottom. So I had time to reflect on my life and what was good and what was bad. And, uh, one of the things in my business, my business was actually a really bad thing in my life. Uh, believe it or not, it was a successful business, but I realized by looking at it, I had built a business that revolved around me. Um, so I didn't have a business. Um, if I had got hurt or if I wanted to go on vacation, it, it would just cease to exist. So uh, I actually went on the internet and, um, looked on Google and said, you know, a business running without you. And I, I came across this group of individuals called uh, lifestyle entrepreneurs. And these guys were running businesses, believe it or not, from the beach in Thailand or Bali, uh, through a system of automations. So after a couple cocktails reading, reading this, I, so I actually went out and bought this automated platform. And this was my solution to get myself out of the day-to-day um, grind of the business and have a turnkey solution that didn't involve me. So I spent five to six years building automated systems and processes to create the business that didn't need me and revolve around me. Um, so I guess kind of a convoluted answer, but I, I guess that if you're in a business and you don't have a system and a processes documented and you've created this uh, business, whether you're a one-man show or a 20-man show uh, or 20-person show, um, I don't want to leave the ladies out in the cleaning industry because that's the same exact thing that's going on here in that industry. We see um, making the same mistake that I did that we're building a business that revolves around us. And once we kind of get our head out of that day-to-day grind and, and take a look at it as a big picture of 40,000 square foot, um, we really need to be working on the strategic leadership and vision of where the company is going, document and process uh, what's going on on a daily basis and be able to delegate it. And how we did that was through an automated system. Um, and now – We've taken what we built on that system and rebuilt all of that internally um, in service autopilot in their automations. So, you know, the service autopilot users are people thinking about signing up for service autopilot. There is this ability to replicate yourself through technology and buy back your time 
And a couple of years ago, I was out in Chicago for you know a whole month. And the business actually, when I came back, was running better without me. So believe it or not, which I mean, everybody listening, I'm sure is, is well aware of, we are the bottleneck in our business. So I was micromanaging, getting in the way of our growth and success. So through this system, you're able to step back and, and replicate yourself through technology and let your team work off an automated, uh, basically simple task list each day, what they should be doing, how they should do it. So, um, so what would you say to the person who's listening to this, who says, Mike, that sounds amazing and I want that but I am putting out fires every single day. I don't have time to implement something like that. Yeah. And like I said, I'm not here on a pedestal. I'm not preaching. This is the, the problems. I went through the same exact problems. Um, but you, you really just need to take a step back and, and empower somebody or bring somebody that has a skill set to handle those fires and, and do it for you. And the worst thing that you can imagine happens, it's not going to happen nine times out of 10. Um, but if you build a system that allows you to focus on, focus on the strategic part of your business, um, because right now most people spend 80% of their time on the operational things, putting out the fires, um, and things like that, and only 20% of the time on the strategic at best. But if you look at it, that 20% of strategic planning and leadership actually focuses 80% of the company's growth and the ability to scale and make more money and, and get off that truck. So we really need to empower some people on our team. If we don't have the right people, go out and find them. Uh, in our company, we interview three times a week just to find those people. And we're not only looking for the people we need immediately, but we're looking for the people we need from six to 12 months down the road. Speaking of good people, I mean, you've got a pretty, you know, you've mentioned a couple of times, you've got a pretty well-built team around you, including just some people I noticed right off the bat, uh, you know, that anyone can see by looking at your website, you've got guys like Matt, Rick, and Carlos who've been with you for over 10 years. Um, and do you have, do you have any other people that, uh, that have kind of give you that same longevity and, and how do you, how do you find those people? Yeah. And it, how do you keep them, I guess, too, as well? Um, I, I think it's going out and finding somebody that, um, thinks like you, believes like you, they're a good fit for the culture. Um, I'm a big believer of hire, fire, and train to the core values. So you need to bring your member, your leadership team in. If it's just you, then obviously you want to develop it the way you want it. Um, but I would suggest if you're an organization of two or more, you bring everyone in and help them create, uh, the core values that they believe in. And you put them on the wall and you hire, you train and you fire to them. Um, and that's, that's your slogan. So if we're no team member left behind and crew number three is backed up half a day worth of mowing because it rained in that area, if crew one and two aren't, aren't helping them out, they're not, you know, they're not following our core value. That's not a good fit. Um, so if it's direct, directly against our core values, we let them go. Um, and we, we just want the people that want to go to that North Star and believe in what we believe in. Um, easier said than done with the labor market and unemployment close to 4%, um, which is pretty unprecedented. You just need to constantly go out and keep recruiting for those people that um, are going to align with that core values and the systems you build. Where are you finding people now? Uh, so there's, there's a, a variety of ways to do it. The top three are going to be your Craigslist, your Indeeds, your Onlines. Uh, we do have a great internal staff. So we, we have a referral bonus of about 250 bucks. If the person lasts the season, they refer. And the third option is we do um, an automated system. So we we go out and recruit them off those online um, portions, but we screen them through an automated system. And then we have a standardized interviewing package. It's five or six um, standardized interviewing questions. So we can rate the applicants A, B, and C with or without a driver's license. That's all tracked within Service Autopilot. Now we have, I like to use the analogy of stacking the bench like a sports team. So if the guys and girls on the field aren't playing and producing, they know there's people on the bench rating that replace them. Um, but on the flip side, if your company grows exponentially, we uh, took 
over a company and grew by 17 to 20% overnight while I was out of town, actually. Uh, I mean, crazy as it sounds. Uh, gentleman called me. It was, it was a pretty sad story, actually. Things worked out well for him, but uh, Gentleman's uh, son was ill and they had to leave town for medical treatment that week. So he had called us as a subcontractor for the winter and said, Hey, Mike, um, I, I don't want any money. Just can you take my company? Um, so we literally took this gentleman's company overnight and, uh, it, with a couple of hiccups, but I mean, it, we literally grew overnight and put a few crews out. Um, normally that would cause a business to have the wheels fall off, but having that stacked bench gave us that ability to, uh, scale quickly. And a lot of times, um, you see, as you're growing in marketing company, there's, there's this, there's this fear where you're scared, um, to market and grow your business because you don't have the employees or you don't have the equipment. So by constantly doing this, you can go out really having the spring and market and scale your business and pull off this quote unquote bench of qualified applicants. And all we really do is go in the service autopilot and say in the last 30 days, who are all my A applicants with a driver's license? Um, and then we just start going down the list, calling them to hire them um, if they're a good fit for the culture. That is a, that's a really unique way of, of really growing your company is having, is having kind of a reserve, um, a reserve of employees or employees on standby. And yeah, everything basically, like that. It's, it's a labor pool. Do you have? Do you? I mean, do you? Do you give them the people on the bench to kind of get their taste buds going, or to kind of kind of embed them slowly into the company? Do you? Do you give them spot work here and there, or is it completely cold to hot it, fire? It, traditionally, it's cold to hot. Um, if in the spring maybe we have a heavy couple weeks for mulching or something, we'll bring them on. But we're going to play by the rules. We're not paying cash money. We're going to run them through their employment contract, our online video training series. We're going to get uniforms. They're going to sign the appropriate paperwork. Even if it's for the short term, we'll be upfront and honest with them. Hey, if you produce, there's probably a spot for you. Maybe there's not. Um, but that, that's a big concern that we see in our industry is a lot of guys um, posting on Facebook saying, hey, uh, I've got some work this week for cash. Show up. Um, don't make that mistake. We see a lot of companies doing that. Play by the rules. Be a legitimate business. Pay them on payroll and, and have the proper insurance. Um, cause the last thing you want to do is kill yourself for 15 years and build this great business. And cause you're short on labor and you can't find anybody, you don't play by the rules and have forbid they get hurt and you lose your whole entire business over a day of work. It's just not Absolutely. worth it. So, yeah. so, um, something that I've, I've kind of come to know about you, Mike, and, and it's, it's really fantastic. Unlike young Cody here who, who grew up with the internet and, uh, grew up with uh, social media and everything like that. You've kind of been, as your, as your company has evolved, like we said, it started in the '90s and is is grown to now in 2017. You've kind of embraced each type of technology and kind of grown with it. Embraced the social media aspect, embraced you know automational support and uh, and features for your for your business acumen. How how is that how has that challenge been for you? Has it been relatively easy? Is it something you just knew you had to do? Like, tell us about that process for you. Yeah, I think I've always been um, interested in technology, but I never really grew up with it. Um, so I think when I first found that automated system, that was my first real taste outside of Service Autopilot and some other um, softwares I'd used in the past. But um, I quickly realized with the technology shift, if we're not where it's going to be, if we're just focused where it's at, uh, Wayne Gretzky said it perfectly. Um, I might be mangling this a little bit, but he's not trying to be where the puck is. He's trying to be where the puck is going to be. And I'm a firm believer that the success of our business is trying to see where the market's going to be in three to six months or three to five years and proactively laying that game plan. Um, Jonathan, the owner and co-founder of uh, Service Autopilot, owns another company uh, called City Turf in, in Texas. And a uh, great example of how he scaled that business uh, was having that technology shift with Google AdWords um, and being ahead of his competitors and owning that market when that shifted. Um, obviously, some other 
things that led to the success of that business. Now, he could probably speak to them better, but it was inspirational when I met him five, six years ago that how having due diligence and not waiting for that overnight success, but playing the long game where it's going, because once that hit, uh, things change. So once we had our automations in place, our company scaled 30 to 40 percent in one year. And that that's pretty much unheard of um, in the lawn care industry unless you're doing it right. So I think we just as business owners and the way technology keeps changing even more, and I'm sure Cody could speak to this. Um, I mean, it, it's changing at an exponential rate. Um, you know, Facebook wasn't even here on large scale three to four years ago. Um, now everybody's using it. Um, you know, it's just everything's going there. And I think the new thing that um, I would suggest to everybody is be a content expert. You don't have to pay for all your marketing. It's getting in front of people, doing podcasts like they're doing here. Um, you need to be the expert and provide valuable and digestible and usable content. Um, and through reciprocity of giving somebody value and an executable thing, um, if somebody's requesting a lawn mowing estimate or a home cleaning estimate, we're going to teach them how to do the service, what they should expect. And my opinion is if you're doing it right, maybe you can differentiate your services and overcome some price or sales objections tucked in there in an educational way. But when they're ready to buy, who are they going to think about? They're going to think about the person that provided this free, relevant content. But it's not a one-and-done play. It's it's a 12- to 18-month game before you really see a net return on it. But if you're looking into Facebook ads, which I think everybody should because that's the way it's going, um, Facebook ads aren't going to work as well if you're not providing relevant content and providing the value up front. So um, that, in my opinion, um, if you're not in the content game, you're a little bit late to the game. But in our industry, far as service industry, whether it be lawn care, home cleaning, snow removal, general contracting, you can still be on the cutting edge of that content play because no one else in our industries are doing it. So um, good takeaway from this podcast is, Get on the content game, provide valuable things, get on the news in your local uh, stations. Like last year, I think I was on, on the local news stations 10 or 11 times. Why? Because I was on Facebook constantly talking about how to do things as an expert, not selling it, but just providing valuable content. Uh, and when they need to fill a story, they call me because they know it's not a sales pitch about Callahan's lawn care. It's about industry-specific expertise. And, and who are they going to trust? The person on the radio or, or Facebook or the TV? or the guy driving around in a truck with no name on it and they're not running insurance and doing the right thing. Obviously, it's going to be a person who has credibility. So build some credibility in your local market and then use a technology such as Facebook, Instagram, um, and start building a list. Some worthwhile advice there. And it's like he knows this, Cody. He's throwing out hockey metaphors for you and baseball metaphors for me. This is fantastic. Uh, so to take, to take a cue from Wayne Gretzky, uh, what would you, if you had to guess and if you had to predict – what do you think is the ne- is going to be the next biggest hardship or the next biggest speed bump that uh, maybe our, your industry is going in or you specifically? Where, what do you think is going to be the next hurdle? I think it's a two-pronged approach. One thing that's never going to go away right now is labor. Labor has been the biggest issue. The unemployment rates hover around 4%. That's a big issue. Um far as the future of it, if companies are utilizing H2B, uh, basically, if, if you're not familiar with it, it's a government-run program, so we don't know how long it's going to be here, what it works, the ins and outs, obviously, with the bureaucracy, um, but it allows you to bring legal uh, workers in from Mexico, Guatemala, uh, different areas like that on a limited time basis if you can show hardship of not being able to bring in um, qualified American workers and Obviously, we want to hire within America and, and keep our employment going, uh, but there are some markets in the country where 
Uh, you just can't find enough American workers to fill a seasonal gap because they want a year-round position. And if we're not doing things like snow removal, we're not in a market that's year-round, that, that is a hardship. Um, so I think labor is, is never going to go away, and I think it's only going to get worse. So I think that would be your first hurdle. And I think the second hurdle it may be a threat, but if you focus it right, is probably going to be an opportunity if you're an early adopter is uh, you've got these large um, companies such as Canopy. Uh, if you're not familiar with Canopy, Canopy is a company that uh, is out of the Carolinas, I believe, just got uh, four or five million dollars of venture capital. Um, and this isn't anything new in the lawn care industry, but this is new to the fact that they are doing residential only lawn care on a national level. Um, so my opinion is in a video I made a while back, will you get crushed by a national company doing residential lawn care? Um, it was a little harsh to get attention, but I think that, that is a possibility if you're not adopting these new technologies. So some of the things that Canopy and these other companies are doing is they're leveraging, um, text messaging possibly with conditional uh, intelligence, artificial intelligence. So if you type yes, it responds. If you type no, it responds a different response. They're creating a personal engagement through technology uh, that's personal to the person um, that's calling, and they're able to respond 24-7. And by working through the channels that people want to use, um, another example in our lawn care business that we just adopted is Facebook Messenger. Facebook Messenger now is a ad platform that you can use in Facebook. So we can message people. One of the destinations is click here basically to type a message, a Facebook message directly to my office. So one of the ways we utilize this is we basically have them, uh, the ad copy, the headline is it's something pertaining to an estimate. And we actually make the whole estimate and sales procedure native in Facebook Messenger because that's the desired method and channel they want to talk to us so once they do that we receive this and uh, one of the girls in the office responds hey what's your email so we, we get the main lead capture um, obviously how you heard about us we're going to log that as we heard about us in facebook because that's where it's at and we're going to get their address and what they're interested as far as a service so uh, since we do use service autopilot uh, we pull up a multiple multiple screens on the computer and we've got facebook messenger on one and we've got maps pro feature on the other so she's going to measure the property talk about their experiences and what they're looking for, maybe the things in the past that weren't good with the service they had, just to kind of build some rapport and fill some gap. Meanwhile, she's measuring this property in the satellite, saving the square footage of the lawn area, the driveway, or whatever service area that we're at, and she's producing a live estimate over um, over Facebook Messenger. And I kind of misspoke that she's talking to them, but she's talking to them through Facebook Messenger. She's creating a conversation while she's doing the, um, the measuring. And then in Service Autopilot, we create a uh, an estimate. And when you go to email an estimate in Service Autopilot, it gives you a live link to a quote-unquote landing page that has your estimate embedded into it. Um, so basically, we take this link to this live estimate in Service Autopilot all natively within Facebook Messenger and send it to them. So if they want to talk to us on Facebook Messenger, that's great. We don't care. That's perfect. So now we've messaged them the actual message um, that they click on it opens their estimate live in Facebook and they can accept or not accept the estimate live in Facebook. And if they have any questions or concerns, they can communicate with Christine or Tammy in the office live on Facebook Messenger to close the sale. And the second step we took is in the bottom of the Facebook Messenger is the ability to replicate yourself through technology. We've embedded 
a video of me talking about every service we do that they can click on live in the actual estimate template itself. Um, and it stays right with the, with the estimate. So it actually plays in the estimate where I'm talking about what we do, how we do it, when we do it, um, any price objections, sales objections that may come along with that service. So no matter when they look at that estimate again, if they have a question, hopefully I've overcome their questions and I've answered and we can close the sale in the middle of the night. That's amazing. Yeah. So I think it's really important as we're adjusting this technology, um, the next level with that Facebook thing is there's a, uh, there's, they're called automated bots and these bots. Can I jump in real quick, Mike? You're not just adjusting to that technology. You're dominating it for sure. I, I buy everything online and I've only run into one business that uses Facebook Messenger for anything. And it was a comic book store in LA that I was buying something from online. But I, you're the only person I know that's doing anything that complicated in Facebook Messenger. But, but, but the thing is, Cody, it's not complicated. It's very, very simple um, to do. If you take a half hour, 45 minutes, um, all the information's out there free. If you have any questions, hit me up at Simple Growth. I'm happy to answer these questions. I've got a ton of free videos how to actually do this um, to the point some of my competitors actually locally have, have started mimicking, which is fine. Um, but, but these are the things we need to look at. And uh, just to hit on the next level of how you could do this now is if you're using an auto bot. So it's a bot basically that automates um, automations in Facebook. You can take that contact now once they opt into your Facebook messenger and email marketing was, was just a huge thing seven or eight years ago. If you owned a huge email list and you marketed to them, you could grow your business exponentially. Now, Everybody really doesn't engage in email and the deliverability isn't as, as well as it used to be. It's still a viable marketing source. But now we can do the same thing in Facebook. We can do automated uh, Facebook Messenger, quote unquote, blast or email blast native in Facebook. Um, one thing that I would be very cautious, though, is the good thing is it's on their phone and it dings immediately. And the bad thing is it notifies them immediately. So you need to be conscious of when you're sending these things. It's not early morning when they're trying to get the kids out or it's not late at night during dinner time. And you need to be very, very upfront of when you're delivering and what you're delivering and give them the option to quote unquote opt into it and give them just what they ask for. Don't start hammering three times a week because you're going to lose credibility and you're just going to you know, basically ruin the experience. But this would be a, a pro tip to get ahead of this technology shift. This is going to be a major, major game changer, in my opinion, in the next two to three years. Um, and, and have the other channel as far as text messaging. We do the same exact thing. You can text estimate to our uh, our office or just text our office. We use a voice over IP system um, as well as service autopilots, two-way texting. But if you text us, we will do the same thing as we do in Facebook. We will send you a live email uh, e link. Um, that will open up in your, that you can click on in your, your smartphone. It opens up the estimate live in your mobile and you can accept or deny the estimate from service autopilot live in your text function. So we want to stay native in the channel that they communicate with us to stay relevant because most people honestly, um, don't want to talk to us. And I, I got a feeling that uh, my buddy Cody over here, uh, given his age, doesn't really like to communicate via phone, but with the Uber apps and the different things driven through the phone, people just want instant communication results. And if you can be the first to market to do that and respond appropriately, you probably can sell at higher prices and have a better customer experience. I'm sorry, I'm still blown away at the the Facebook Messenger and embedding videos into estimates. So, <laughs> <laughs> so just to kind of close out here, um, we'd love to talk to you more about uh, you know you've kind of you've kind of touched on it a little bit here and there, but now so now you're taking on this role as consultant, you know, as a certified advisor for Service Autopilot. 
Uh, tell us a little bit about that and uh, go ahead and, you know, tell us what it's all about and, you know, how, how can people get a hold of you? I kind of touched on it a little bit in your intro, but, you know, lay it out there for us. Uh, yeah, so it, uh, basically Service Autopilot announced it at uh, SA3, the Service Autopilot Convention. Um, last year uh, it was announced uh, myself, uh, Martha Woodward, and um, uh, Mr. Chapman as well, um, Ryan, uh, are the three certified advisors up to this point that I know about. Um, and all of us can be reached uh, through the Service Autopilot Help tab. Uh, so you click the tab underneath it is certified advisors and, um, there's a mugshot of me that, uh, is pretty interesting, but, um, you click on my picture and there's a thing that says connect and, um, you can send us a message what you're interested in. Uh, our website is simple growth systems with an S.com. Um, but basically what we, we specialize in, um, far as paid services is, uh, automations done for you or custom automations. Um, obviously in service autopilot. So it's all under one roof. There's no multi-system chaos. Um, and a lot of our automations put the autopilot and service autopilot. They just happen automatically. Uh, one of the biggest returns that we've seen people use, um, and if you're not using automations or not using our service, that's fine. Uh, but I, I think building a system around following up on an open invoice has been the biggest game changer for us as all the companies we work with as well. So like I said, you don't need to buy automations from us. You don't need to use the system to do it. But even in a pen and paper and Excel sheet, uh, we really need a systematic way to follow up on open invoices. We call it the zero to 20 days follow-up. So from zero to 20 days, we're following up with a phone call, an email, or a text, um, literally just saying like, hey, Mrs. Smith, it's been three days since we dropped off your lawn owing estimate. Uh, would you like to sign up? And you know, if she doesn't sign up immediately, the system automatically reminds you in two days to call her back or send an email or a text following up. We set the precedence, hey, we're going to call you back in two days. The system pops up two days later and says, hey, call Mrs. Smith back for the lawn mowing estimate. Uh, so we found that most companies using this system found the same results as us growing by 30 to 35% um, after 12 to 18 months on the system. So whether you're building automations yourself, you need some help from us, that's that's a big deal. We also do business consulting for overhead recovery and uh, process and systems inside and outside of service op- autopilot as well. Um, but the thing I like the best about this is providing that free content and helping people learn from my mistakes. Um, and if we're a good fit for their services, great. If not, um, a lot of times we push them in the right direction to help them out. I'm going to brag on you for just a little bit because you and I had this conversation a couple of weeks ago where you were actually uh, helping out one of our fellow members and you had actually you had actually gone on location, you'd flown out and you were doing a con- consultation with them and you had hun- uncovered over 120000 I think is the right figure? $123,000 in the first two hours of being there, which was insane. So that was $123,000 that this guy was leaving on the table and you uncovered it within a couple of hours. Now you can't necessarily promise those kind of results every time, but I mean that that's pretty incredible. No, and it was it's pretty interesting, but I think um whether you're using me or using somebody else, one of the other certified advisors, uh it, it's not bad to get somebody who's been there and done that before and made the mistakes before you because they know what they're looking for, but to come in and kind of get it up on a whiteboard and look at it uh from the outside and not have my head stuck in the sand, quote unquote, to in that business on a daily basis, um, gentleman had a really, really successful business making a ton of money. Um, so obviously $123,000 in 12 months is a huge deal right to the bottom line of profit. Uh, but what he was doing basically is he didn't charge for drive time and he wasn't allotting for that. And we're talking big 10, $12,000 jobs. Uh, it, it, all really it needed was an extra 60 to $80 per job that equated into the 123. But he was like, well, it's only, it's only, you know, a half hour here, or 15 minutes there. Uh, but if all year long, all year long times, 
the a mass amount of crews he had. Um, but it was pretty interesting too. So we, we uncovered about $123,000 of unbilled drive time. So if he follows the system we laid out, we probably have added an extra $123,000 profit, um, to that. So I just, Hopefully sends sends us out to the casino we stayed at. Um, <laughs> a couple a couple bags of uh, coins to put in the slot machine. Uh, but it was pretty interesting too. Along the same trip, we discovered that he was making trips to Home Depot or Lowe's multiple times throughout the day. So we built an automated system based on the products he had in his estimate, where instead of spending forty or fifty dollars every time he went to Lowe's or Home Depot to pick supplies up, we built an automated system based off his specific material list. For each job, we had an automated email that captured all the materials that he needed and sent an email to him, his admin, and then um, I suggested that he call Lowe's or Home Depot, whatever it was, I don't remember, and said, hey, is there any way that they could fix a cost for delivery and we'll send an email to the purchase department and they'll drop ship it for you so you don't ever have to go there again? Uh, so lo and behold, we called and we fixed a cost, I want to say around 10 or 15 bucks. For no matter if it was one sheet of drywall or 50 sheets of drywall, uh, we've done this internally in our company as well with Lowe's. It's a $10 fixed cost for delivery for bagged mulch and different materials. Um, but there was another $60,000 to $65,000 of savings uh, in labor because they weren't picking the materials up. But it was probably more than that because a lot of times they'd get to a job and wouldn't be able to finish it that day and they'd have to start it the next day. So through an automation – That's more we, drive time. Exactly. More drive time, more unbillable time. So we, we sent it in there and we included the Dropbox key code because most of the properties he was working on were vacant or rental properties where they had key codes to get the key. So based off on the scheduling service autopilot, we were able to send an email to Lowe's or Home Depot saying, we need all these supplies. This is the day the job starts. We need it two days before based on the scheduled job. And hey, by the way, here's the key code to open the door and put all the materials inside the building. So um, I, I think it's worthwhile to no matter who you hire to have an outside look every once in a while, just to look at the process and systems you're using. Cause a lot of times as business owners, when we're in the day to day, we don't see them. And I think also on a national level, um, my buddy Garrett, I think we, we have a round table that we, we do every, um, every quarter through our masterminds group where we went to his shop and a few of us realized the way he was handling debris wasn't efficient. And he goes, well, that's how everybody does it in, you know, this town he's living in. And, um, we're like, well, that just, just doesn't make sense. How about you handle it this way? So literally the first 20 minutes we were there, the group of three or four of us uncovered a $25,000 savings, how he handled the debris dumping out of his dump trailers. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's pretty uncanny that it, it, get another set of eyes, whether it's a local set of eyes or somebody outside of your your area, to take a look at your business. Um, there, there's no – I don't have any pride in the game. Uh, the guys came into my shop and found twenty-five dollars to $30,000 in inefficiencies literally in the first hour. Um, so like I said, I'm not on a pedestal preaching, but I know from my experience the last 23 years, there's some things I've done right. And there's definitely some things I've done wrong. So I think as a lawn care and a home cleaning community here, we're here to help each other. And that's why, you know, SA conference and the community here at SA is really good. We can learn from each other and, uh, you know, learn from each other's wins and losses. So Mike Callahan is a certified advisor along with Ryan Chipman and Martha Woodward and a new uh, certified advisor, which we'll be posting on uh, very soon. Andrew O'Neill is uh, our new certified advisor here at Service Autopilot. And so from what you've been saying with your story, Mike, it sounds like this guy is going to be the host of the after party after party at this year's conference with all the money you uncovered for him. So we'll be definitely latching on. Uh, We all know that after the after party, there's the hotel lobby. Right. Of course. Absolutely. So that's always fun. But, uh, but, uh, Cody, did you have anything else? Uh, I just wanted to touch on one final thing. Did you have another question for Mike here? We really appreciate your time today. 
No, yeah, I just wanted to thank Mike for a great interview. We thought we were only going to have him for 20 minutes, and we've been running for 40, so I am no, uh, overjoyed, awesome. yeah. It's been a great time. I know uh, Cody's been hanging out in room 112 with all the players play, and uh, that's where we're going with that after the uh, hotel lobby. <laughs> that's, that's it. I'm good. Yeah, I'm let's, totally Let's good. cut it there. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> thanks again, Mike. We really appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in for a jumbo-length profit roadmap. Bear and I really appreciate you guys lending your ears, lending your earbuds, tuning on in. We will see you next week. The music in this episode of The Profit Roadmap was Riptide and Summon the Rock by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. If you want to check out Kevin's music, it's some good stuff, Incompetech.com.